how, how merciful, how can I surrender to someone more merciful than this Krishna who gave uh, perfection to Putana who approached him with uh, poisoned breast. No? I mean, that's for that will appear in all the newspapers. No, imagine like a lady appears mm-hmm. to an infant, it's not appearing like a very loving mother, but poison was there. And I mean, it will be in all the news. No? <laughs> so, and the result, and Krishna, how did he did reciprocate? Just he gave, he sent her to Golok as one assisting mother in Batsaleva. So that's really what we call Kripasida. She didn't make anything to obtain that. <laughs> she made merit on the contrary direction. <laughs> but Krishna just transcendentally whimsical. Oh, I give you Golok. So that's Kripa Siddha. That's like winning the lottery. No, okay, so we shouldn't practice our spiritual life in that mood. No. Maybe at times and they creep us so I won't give do any sadhana. No, that's not the it's like if you have your family say, Well maybe I win the lottery someday so I won't work. Most probably you won't, you won't win the lottery. Most probably you shouldn't be playing lottery. <laughs> but even if you play every single day, most probably you won't win the lottery. So better you get a work, a job, and you must maintain yourself in that way. So there we reach this third option called the sadhana siddha, which is the one who attains perfection by, by practice. Of course, there is mercy there also. But there is... Kripa siddha means... There is only mercy. There was no practice, nothing, as I told. In, in Sadhana Siddha, we are practicing. Uh, we are making some daily uh, effort, sacrifice, in order to get mercy. Mercy is a very fundamental aspect of our, of our daily practice. But we, won't, we don't like to use the idea of mercy to become lazy or to become whatever, to neglect our daily practice. So it's important balance in our practice. How, what to do with grace, what to do with personal effort. Because we may speak about grace and just grace, 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 and I don't do my part. Or maybe just effort, 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 and I forget that the main thing is grace. <laughs> no? The example sometimes is given if you fell, fell into a, a hole, basically 10 meters hole. So you fell there. The analogy is the whole of material existence, if you will. So what do you do if you fell into a 10-meter hole? No? You're, you have broken your legs or whatever. You cannot get out for yourself. That's the point. So what? you have to do something. You cannot go out for yourself, but something you can do there. So what will you do there? Yelling. Shouting. Hare Krishna. Basically. So that's your part. No? You have to do something. I mean, someone else cannot shout for you. You have to <laughs> So someone will come from outside, will have pity on you, no? oh, hopefully, <laughs> and, 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 and will realize the, the nature of your situation, and that person will, okay, say, wait. No? And he will go and pick some uh, rope or whatever. No? We'll make all the... You are just thrown there. You don't do anything else. You just shout Sincerely, hopefully. So the other person is doing the other, all the other thing, bringing the rope, throwing the rope, and taking you basically out. And he will say something else when he throws the rope, she throws the rope. She will say, just catch the rope. No? 
but catch strongly. No, because if you just take the rope like this, no, most probably you fall again. <laughs> no? So this rope is compared no, to the rope that is coming from upside, this grace idea. No, and effort means we have to do something. <coughs> Shout, help, and when the help comes, embrace the help. <laughs> and maybe when the person is saving you, no, in the midst, in the middle of the hole, there is some, I don't know, bees, bees, you say? Bumblebees, whatever. Yeah, yeah. So you say, oh my god, there are some bees. So better I just throw the, the rope so they won't catch me. The person will say, no no problem, let the bees do whatever they want. I'm saving your life, <laughs> no problem. So he, he will, again, insist, don't throw the, the rope, embrace it. even. So eventually when the person took you out of the hole, I think you will never say the person, did you see how nicely I was catching the rope? <laughs> you won't say that. No? You'll say, thank you, you saved my life. <laughs> you won't say, oh, I took the rope very nicely. No? He will send you to the hole again. <laughs> so that's a little bit like the relationship and the proportion of grace and, and, uh, and, and, and the personal sacrifice. The other person is doing the most part, getting on, but we have to do our part also. The other person cannot do that part for me. So, so I was speaking about this because we are speaking about this sadhana sita. No? Especially uh, for us, it's special when we, when someone who was born in this lifetime, not as a perfected being, but lives this world as a perfected being. Oh, that's especially glorious, no? because that was the the whole purpose of being born, if you will. No? So, because of this, this Thirubhav also becomes Mahotsa, because of great festival. Mahotsa being great festival. So we have our own way of celebrating death. That in this case is actually the celebration of the death of the false ego, false sense of identity, which implies real birth. As Hegel will say, die to live. In order to live there, you have to die a particular death. And that's not a physical death. That's a much, a much more complex death. No? <laughs> when Arjuna says to Krishna in the Bhagavad Gita, he says the same. He says, you are asking me to kill all my attachments, basically. You are asking me to dissolve my false ego. That was it, what it means. Kill all the curves there. Kill Bhishma, kill whatever. that. So Arjuna said, for me it's more e- it's easier to throw my Gandiva and invite all the Kurus to just kill me right now without offering huh? resistance. Is it? That's easier than the type of death you are inviting me to go through. You know, the death of the ego. The death of the attachment. Because ego means identity and identity, material identity is made of attachment. Hmm? So... <laughs> But gradually we have to go through that death, hopefully in a happy way, it's not tragic. <laughs> because that death, I mean, as much as we die in that direction, the more we are living you know, into the, our real identity. So that's the, the big happy part, <laughs> if you will. So today we are celebrating uh, the, the passing of Sri Haridas Thakur. Haridas Thakur... Uh, well, interestingly, some some may consider him as a Nietzsche Siddha, but generally he's considered as he was Brahma, Brahma in his previous life, 
No. So in that sense, he's considered as a sadhana siddha, who finally, as Haridas Thakur, Brahma got no? uh, success into all his project, devotional project. No? So very briefly, because again, there one story inside another story, meta narrative like this. <laughs> Yesterday we were in one uh, nice harikata. We were invited when the Brahma Vimohan Lila was being told the famous. Uh, illusion of Brahma, not illusion, but like mega illusion, because be Mohan means like Mohan means overwhelmed, and be Mohan means full ultra hyper overwhelmed. No? So when he thinks he's kidnapping Krishna's friends, Krishna's cops, but actually Krishna is kidnapping Brahma's intelligence, something like this. <laughs> uh, eventually, his foreheads are like just spinning. No? Like, He's considered the greatest scientist of the whole universe. No? He had intelligence looking into every possible direction. Mm-hmm. His own body is made, is made not of gross element, but of buddhi. Mm-hmm. I mean, the whole body is made of intelligence. I tried to, to conceive how intelligent he was. But Krishna put all his intelligence just like <laughs> spinning. No? So, the point is that... Uh, before that, in the beginning of creation, it is narrated in the Srimad Bhagavatam, Brahma at one point shook hands with Krishna, through the Prabhupada explained like this, and he expressed his desire of eventually having a glimpse, or having a taste of Sakyarasa, friendly relationship. So Krishna, okay, considered the idea, say, okay, we will work on progress. No? In time it will be manifest. So eventually this comes with Krishna is with his friends in the picnic lunch. Where this is the, the scenario for the Brahma Vimohan Lila. And Brahma comes but eventually it was too much for him. He didn't pass the test. He wanted Sakyarasa but when he saw Sakyarasa he was like what's this? No? This is God. No? He's eating with the left hand. Brahma is one of names for Brahma is Bidi. Bidi means someone who is very like perfect in every rule and regulation and everything done in the perfect way in the proper direction proper mudra proper everything <laughs> and suddenly he goes there to this informal picnic in the forest with Krishna he had met Krishna in the beginning of creation but at that point Krishna was more appeared more in the more Aishwarya like way like showing Gyan Mudra instructing him giving Chatush Loki more formal, like his guru. So Brahma remained in that idea, he's Krishna, my guru. And suddenly you know, he appeared in Vrindavan because he heard one Agasura was killed by Krishna. He said, oh my guru, Krishna, I will see him. So he goes to Vrindavan, but he sees apparently another person because Krishna was not like instructing him. This hand was here, and this hand was <laughs> left hand, no, taking prasad, and his friends, and the friends taking something of their own lunch, picnic, and tasting, oh, Krishna, this is so good, you have to taste this. And they put no, prasad in the mouth of Krishna, no, rem- his, their own remnants, <laughs> no, with all with left hand. <laughs> so for Brahma, who was like the personification on rules, it was too much. So he thought, he's, he's a cheater, he's not Krishna, he cannot be my guru. Actually, in that moment, Krishna was showing himself in a much more intimate way. But Brahma didn't have the vision 
And this can happen also to the disciple. Sometimes the guru will show himself in one level, and maybe he will manifest in a deeper level, and the disciple may think, no, this is not my guru. No? This is a cheater. But actually that's a deeper side of the guru. <laughs> so Brahma at that point became overwhelmed. As you know, he tried to kidnap the... The, the, the cops and friends and you know how the, everything ends Brahmans offering very nice prayers and and asking forgiveness and asking another chance to <laughs> to, to really get success in, in his project so that another chance and that success will come when Krishna comes as Mahaprabhu Gaur Lila and Brahma coming as Haridas that sometimes is called Brahma Haridas so he receives another chance there. Now re- remember, Brahma was a person of very high birth. No? I mean, in materially speaking, that's the highest birth. No? So now as a reaction, because he, he, he tried to kidnap Krishna's friends, that's not very hot, very funny joke for Krishna. So some reaction was there. Well, you were Brahma, now you are born as an outcast. Outcast, sorry. No? <laughs> no? So you can really... Put your head a little bit down, no? <laughs> Not get pride of like, here I am, I'm Brahma, no, Muslim. <laughs> and some beating in some markets also here and there. No? <laughs> but well, the point is that eventually, as, as Haridas Thakur, he, he obtained no, the mercy of Mahaprabhu, and he really understood the lesson and behaved in a really extremely, as we know, for the ones who know the life of Haridas Thakur, he was like personification of many things, of course, of, he was Namacharya, but also personification of humility and so many qualities. So today we are celebrating the um, the passing of Haridas Thakur, so I will mention some brief words about that moment. It's a whole chapter in Chaitanya Charitamrita, very interestingly, the whole chapter, um, 11th chapter of Antelila, so that's the second half of the Antelila, starts with whole chapter. Some chapters before was the glories of Haridas Thakur. Now the passing away of Haridas Thakur. Whole chapter for that. <laughs> so, well, as you know, Haridas was very, very serious in his chanting. He made, he took a, he took a very, like, committed vow of daily chanting three lakhs of Nam Japa. Three lakhs is just like 192 rounds approximately. <laughs> and he had also time for preaching and many other things. That was more interesting. Very, the time for him was really flexible because I, we tried to make with calculator see how he, how he can he can chant three lakhs preaching and this and that etc. So Mahaprabhu was daily going to visit him. As you know, in his humility, he considered himself very fallen, not having a high birth, so he didn't want to get close to the Jagannath temple, because in case he may even touch the, the shadow of Vaishnavs or worshippers of Jagannath. So he didn't go to Jagannath, but the Jagannath himself went to him. The dancing Jagannath in the form of Mahaprabhu went daily no, to, 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 to take to him, the, to deliver Prasad Delhi to him, Rupa Goswami when he was there, Sanatan Goswami. So eventually, just at the end of his life, Mahaprabhu reaches the place, and and Haridas was really uh, like weak, no? fragile condition. So Mahaprabhu says, "Everything is okay." No? Say, "Well, my my, my 
my body is okay, but my mind is not okay. And so my Mahaprabhu asked, can you give the, uh, how do you say, diagnosis of the sickness? Yes, he said. <laughs> so he says, Nam Sankhya Na Parana. He says, I can't complete my prescribed number of rounds <laughs> anymore. And his prescribed number of rounds was three lakhs. <laughs> Maybe he was chanting 190 instead of 192 rounds. <laughs> but he was feeling, huh? again, we know, I mean, we, we should not get overtly attached to counting, but to chanting, but also the counting, the, the, the fixed number, whatever it may be, the, the commitment of our guru is something important for us. He had a particular brata of chanting a particular number of rounds. And at the end of his life, he was just incapable of sustaining that. But Mahaprabhu himself, who was the biggest promoter of this chant, he said, you don't need to chant so much. So, so much. You can imagine, General Mahaprabhu was not saying that. <laughs> but he said like this, very similar to when Sanatana Goswami was living this world. He was accustomed to, to perform Govardhan Parikram daily. He was like 70, 18 years, and daily circumambul- circumambulating. Sorry, I'm practicing my English with you, what to do. <laughs> daily, no, you know, to, to, no? to make this parikram, it takes hopefully six hours if you are having good shape. No? <laughs> so he has 70 years, 80 years, daily doing that. And eventually Krishna came and said, no need to do that anymore. So Sanatana said, no, no, do not cheat me. Do not say me, you don't need to do that. I mean, I, I, I need to do that. I feel the necessity of doing that. So he insisted, but Krishna was like, it breaks my heart to see you walking so much at this age. So, you know, he eventually gives one Govardhan Shila with his lotus soul, the soul of his feet, the mark there, and the one, like, hole that is his stick and the flute. That's in Radha Damodar temple. If you go there, you will see have darshan of that particular shila. So he said, you circumambulate this shila three times, it's, it's the same as the Govardhan Parikram. So, so similarly now to with Haridas Thakur, Mahaprabhu said, you don't need to chant so, more, so much. And Haridas said, no, please, do not cheat me, my lord. <laughs> do not say those things to me. Do not. So in this way... Huh? Uh, Mahaprabhu starts some Sankirtan, he goes to visit Haridas again, and eventually what Haridas asks Mahaprabhu, he says, I want to ask you, uh, grant, please grant me a boon or a wish, and this, I feel my end, I, I feel the end of your lila is coming, so please, do not make me witness such chapter. So, in other words, allow me to live before you are living. <laughs> So, Mahaprabhu said, well, whatever Krishna likes, he will do. No? Like if, if he's someone else, no? <laughs> whatever Krishna wants, he may do. He was Krishna, of course. <laughs> so, so, eventually, <clears throat> Haridas said, yes, please allow me to leave uh, this world just by having your darshan. Well, putting the two bumblebees on my eyes and in your golden, sweet golden form. So, Mahaprabhu starts a very... No? Intense kirtan with all Bakreshwar Pandit, topmost dancer, associate of him and some others. I'm making a little bit summarize the story because the whole chapter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so eventually, 
it is said that Haridas just like becomes totally immersed and looking face to face to Mahaprabhu and in this way he left this world very in a very similar way than Bhishma this is a comparison that Krishna Das Kaviraj Muslim made Bhishma Bhishma was just sometimes it is thought that Bhishma was you know he was in this arrow uh, bed arrow bed yeah and on one level it is said he was waiting for one particular moment of the day that was most suspicious to leave the body but the point is those type of calculations and consideration they are more directed not to devotees devotee doesn't need to calculate the proper constellation to go to some auspicious realm actually the devotee is just absorbed in seva he's so absorbed to say that he even never realized that he left the body <laughs> if you are really ab- advanced it will say that it will that will happen you will be so absorbed in seva in, in kirtan in whatever aspect of bhakti that you never realize oh I'm a new body now <laughs> because you focus in that direction so it is said that Bhishma was waiting for a particular moment of the day called Uttarayana but actually Uttarayana is also the name of Krishna which means the one who appeared in the womb of Uttara which is the mother of Pariksit so actually Bhishma was not waiting for a particular moment of the day called Uttarayana but was waiting for Uttarayana for that person who appeared in the womb of Pariksit he wanted to see face to face and then Bhishma you know he left this world so in the same way uh, when Haridas is compared to Bhishma it's in the same direction he only wanted to have this darshan of Mahaprabhu and just left in, in, in very intense kirtan <clears throat> just right before he left Mahaprabhu started it is said in Chaitanya Charitamrita to glorify Haridas like if he had five mouths huh? Krishna Das Kavira said in this chapter I will explain how how my gore is Bhaktavatsala. He is very uh, Bhaktavatsala, you know, his name of Krishna means he's very uh, loving to his devotees. No? Bhaktavatsala comes from Bhatsa. Bhatsa means like calf. Calf. So Bhatsala means like the cow with the calf is nurturing and protecting. And so in the same way, that's Krishna's favorite quality in himself. No? Bhaktavatsala. If you if you if you make some interview to Krishna, you ask what's your favorite attribute in yourself, say I'm Bhaktavansala. I, I love my devotee so much. That's my most incredible thing. But actually, it's not his incredible thing. He will say, due to their grace, I'm Bhaktavansala, so, because Krishna is supremely humble as well. So, so he, his top most favorite quality in himself is connected to his devotees. <laughs> So Mahaprabhu himself is also Bhaktavatsal. And he very enthusiastically glorified Haridas Thakur, his qualities. All the devotees were just like overwhelmed about the glories of Haridas as presented by Mahaprabhu. And eventually when Haridas left, uh, Mahaprabhu himself performed the whole uh, Samadhi ceremony. So this is a very important point here when Mahaprabhu wants to teach the devotees how the body of the, of the, of the sadaka can become totally spiritualized till the point of becoming worshipable for, by Krishna himself. 
there's this verse in the Chaitanya Charitamrita which says, Dikshakale Bhakta Kariatmasamarpanai Tarikashtari Kariatmasam. Krishna says, Mahaprabhu, in the moment of Diksha, no, initiation, a devotee receives what's called Sadakadeha. No? That means the body of the practitioner. We have, we, maybe you have heard about Siddha-deha, perfected body, but there is also Sadaka-deha. That means the body you receive in initiation. It means you receive a new identity, new name, huh? Kantimala, Tilak, new body. Even though you may see yourself into the mirror, say it's the same body, same face. <laughs> no. Because you have received no? Nam Mantra from Guru, from Sri Guru, so that started the whole spiritualization process of the body. And that's, and that's why uh, when, when an enlightened, pure devotee leaves this world, he generally he's not uh, cremated, 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 but he's buried in salt. Salt put there and some monument constructed upon this we call samadhi. Because it means in that same body, that same body became so perfect, so spiritualized, that body is existing eternally, and that body that devotee is serving, Mahaprabhu in Niti Navadvip. <coughs> we have two identities in our school. <coughs> Golok Vrindavan, Gopa, Gopi, whatever may be the inclination there. <laughs> and Nitya Navadvip, serving Mahaprabhu in Nitya Navadvip, in Dasya Rasa. In, in the perfected body that the devotee attains in the particular life, perfection comes. So, Mahaprabhu himself takes, took the body of Haridas, as, as it's described there. He started to dance with the body. He took that to the ocean in Puri. He bathed the body. He said, he declared from now on, this place is the holy Tirta, site of pilgrimage, the whole ocean. <laughs> And, and eventually he started to like to how do you say take the sand off the floor okay mm-hmm. like with his own hands mm-hmm. yeah. no, to create the hole for putting the body Faridas mm-hmm. I mean he directed the whole sermon after that he started to beg food for organizing the festival of Haridas Thakur's Thirubhav so in this way he took every single detail of the festivity with his own shoulders by showing like his Bhakta Vatsalya no? his very deep affection toward his devotees so this is a very important point hmm? like <coughs> how our, our body hmm? in, the, in the beginning you know this famous quote we are not this body <laughs> but when you start the spiritualization process eventually you will have to say I am this body because we are not this body, you are not the body as you conceive it as a material body with separate interests. But when you, your guru gives you sadaka deha, the body of the practitioner, you are that body. <laughs> it's a work in progress no? that eventually will turn into what we call siddha deha, perfected body. Some people may ask you, Oh, do you have a Siddha Deha? Did your Guru give you, gave you Siddha Deha? <laughs> so you may answer, oh, He gave me Sadaka Deha. That's very glorious. And when you really apply yourself in your Sadaka Deha, your body of uh, practitioner, naturally Siddha Deha will come as a byproduct of that. So that's our attempt. Now we are like Sadaka. Sadaka means we are not yet Siddha, we are not perfected practitioners. But we are not also Bada Jiva, conditioned souls. We are like 
in between, a work in progress, as it says. It's a particular stage that we have to know how to deal with that in a sustainable way. So in this way, Haridas was uh, worshipped, basically, by Mahaprabhu. This is a very most uh, sweet, charming attribute of our God. <laughs> our God is a devotee of his, de- of his devotees. <laughs> so that's a very important aspect of our theology. We, are, we worship a God that is worshipping the ones who are worshipping him, basically. <laughs> Mahaprabhu himself is the result of that, no? because, you know, Mahaprabhu is Krishna trying to taste the mood of Srimati Radharani, to reciprocate to her love, to doing his best attempt. Mahaprabhu, all Gorlila, <laughs> as an attempt to repay, pay back for the love of the Brajavasi. So, it's a very interesting theology. <laughs> so basically we are celebrating that today. After that Mahaprabhu himself declared whoever hears this narration, whoever sings the glory of Haridasakur a day like today, becomes supremely blissful, attain the highest goal of life. So well, because of that we are sharing some brief words about his disappearance day. But as I told you, basically mainly I wanted to invite you if you have questions. I don't want to make it too long my my part of Haridas Thakur disappearance so Thakur Haridas Amacharya Ki I have one question Okay. Um, you mentioned um, the eternal realm of Chaitanya Leela huh. um, souls are serving in Dasyaras yeah that. why? why is that? ok <laughs> long topic but let's go Sorry, Scarlett, if some topics are not so introductory, but... That's I, I, okay, I've some of it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you are catching things, yeah. so no problem. <laughs> so why is that? Why we cannot be a gopi in Gorlila or something like that would be the question? Just joking, well, no problem. <laughs> why Dasarasa, while in Vrindavan we have the other, all the other opportunities of different relationship with Krishna? Some of the... Um, in, in Chaitanya Leela, some of the souls are gopis. Gopis? Isn't it? For example? Like Sruta uh, Damodar. Um, I mean, they are, the they are gopis, gopis, but they are not gopis in, in, in Abadu. They are not gopis in Gaur Leela, they are yeah. gopis in Vrindavan. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, let's go. Uh, we have these two realms. Yeah. No? <laughs> Vrindavan, Krishna Lila, Navadvip, Gaur Lila. These realms appear in this Boma, Boma Lila, in this earth, but also they have an eternal representation, if you will. So, our aspiration, Bhaktivinoda Thakur mentions in his Navadvip, Bhava, Taranga, and some other books, is if one wants, of course, this is not an imposition, so don't be afraid <laughs> but if someone is inclined in that direction one can worship in this lifetime Mahaprabhu and Krishna at the same time because of course they are the same person but in, the, in two different emotional dispositions <laughs> and, and regarding that difference in emotional disposition there will be a whole different lila, a whole different realm of service so for the ones who are half equal inclination to worship Mahaprabhu and to worship Krishna 
they will attain two spiritual bodies simultaneously. In Gaur-lila, one, in Krishna-lila, another. But some other may be only focusing, worshipping, I don't know, Krishna, some particular sampradaya or line, they can go just to Vrindavan, Krishna-lila, no problem. But the option is there. But you cannot worship, you cannot go only to Gaur-lila and not Krishna-lila. That would be a little bit much more weird, difficult to... <laughs> but my point is... Uh, the inhabitants in Vrindavan, for example, you mentioned Swarup Damodar. No? Who is Swarup Damodar in, in Krishna Lila? Well, that's another point. <laughs> not all say that, not every Acharya say that they are the same person. But generally they say that Swarup Damodar is Lalita. Main opinion. But some others say Vishaka <laughs> and Ramananda Roy. But I don't want to complicate yeah. with that. Let's say he's Lalita in Vrindavan. A gopi. Now, in Gorlila, in Navadip, he's not a gopi. He's Swarup Damodar. Yeah. So, Swarup Damodar doesn't relate to Mahaprabhu as Lalita relates different to Krishna. It's a different mood because the point is the following. I mean, I'm making this clear because there are some other lineages, Gornagar, Bab, and some others, that have this idea. Let's become some gopis of Mahaprabhu. But that's not in line with the conclusions of Chaitanya Bhagavat, especially Chaitanya Charitamrita. Because the point is the following Krishna in Vrindavan is God in a particular mood. A particular mood, in a particular, again, emotional disposition. So we want to serve Him in the mood He is in. We don't want just to come and impose, hey Krishna, I want to worship you like. I don't know, Narayan in Vaikuntha. No, go to Vaikuntha, worship Narayan. <laughs> but Golok Vrindavan is a particular mood of worshiping God. So to enter there, you have to fit into some of the available uh, options, if you will, which are many. <laughs> now, when we go from Krishna Lila to Gaur Lila, you realize there, okay, Mahaprabhu is Krishna himself, but it's not Krishna in the same mood. It's a different Bhav. Because it's a different lila. It's Krishna in the mood of a devotee of Krishna, hmm? trying to experience a particular type of bhava like this. So we try to serve him in the mood he is in. Hmm? So in this way, the different devotees in Gaur Lila uh, adjust, if you will, to the mood of Krishna as Mahaprabhu, and they serve him in in dasya. It's a dasya, but it's a friendly dasya. No. We have to also understand what's Dasya, no? because sometimes we get the idea of Vaikuntha, Dasya, like, more like an awe and reverence, but it's like more friendly, no? Seva, Seva mode. No? So basically that would be, of course, now it is full of gopis, many, all the Rupa Goswami is there, Rupa, no? Sanatan Goswami, all of them are gopis in Vrindavan, Manjaris. But in Gorlila, they are not just like acting as, mm. as copies or manjari because that's not the the necessity of the lila, the dynamic, the mood of the lila. So it's very important to to become for us to become acquainted of that because uh, this is why, for example, in the last part of his life, some devotees brought some poems to Mahaprabhu. 
and what happened there, Swarup Damala was there as a, as a like, how do you say, like, like gatekeeper no? <laughs> of, 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 the, of the heart of Mahaprabhu. No? So he, every poem that we may came first had to be read by Swarup Damala so he will see if all the content of the poem fits in properly into the no, param- parameter of rasa tattva. There is no rasa vas. There is no improper mixing of moods. Because if Mahaprabhu hears something improper that creates some disturbance in him, we don't want to disturb his mood. So he was reading and some were rejected. Some were... Even in some cases, some devotees broke poems. And many devotees say, Oh, such nice poem. But Swarupadamala read said, No. <laughs> nice, nice intention, but not not enough. No. We we may have good intention, that's very important, but also we will we should have some other things as well because I mean I, I may be a mother with good intention, but if I don't do not know how to feed my ch- child, I may be killing him <laughs> with good intention. <laughs> no. So spiritual life, we have to have good intention, of course, but we also have to become educated about not only desire the best, but know what's the best. All this is for that. (laughs) To really gradually become enlightened and educated about what's the proper mood and how to approach gradually. So do you follow the idea? I follow the idea. Can you speak a little more about uh, what it's like to have two spiritual bodies? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm just working with with, with, the, with my first one. <laughs> but, of course, no, what I can say is that, first of all, it's, some, it's, it's not something that we can rationalize. I mean, just yeah. to speak about one spiritual body is something that goes far above our head. Just even to speak about the, the soul... The soul, not even the spiritual body fully blossomed, but the soul, it goes way above our thinking process in time, no? So, and because of that in the scripture, I don't know, when Vedas have to speak about the Atma, generally they do not say too much, because, I mean, when you speak about something to someone who doesn't know that what you are speaking about, you have to give some point of reference and comparison. So... No, it's like if I, I don't know, if I, if I've been to China and you want to ask me what's to be in China, and, and you never been in China, so I have to compare that with something, you know, because if I say to you, to be in China is very similar to Taiwan, you say I never been in Taiwan. Okay, very very close to Japan, never been to Japan. <laughs> so so you need some known, experienced reference. No. So when you are speaking about the soul, and you have to give some point of comparison, some reference, what you can compare the soul with in this world? I mean, there's no point of comparison. It's categorically different substance. So because of that, the scripture many times says, the soul is not this, it's not that, never dies, not born, not born, not die, not burn, no, whatever. Not, not, not. All, all that you know here is not happening there. <laughs> and at the end, in the second chapter, Krishna is saying to Arjuna, in one famous verse, that he says something about the soul in a positive, if you will, sense. Ascharyavat. 
three times he mentioned the same word, Ashtaryabhat, Ashtaryabhat, Ashtaryabhat. Ashtaryabhat means the soul is wonderful. <laughs> like, imagine that you are speaking with someone and someone says, that thing is wonderful, it's wonderful, it's wonderful. So, maybe you don't have the proper idea, what's that, but you become like in- intrigued, you say? Like, why he's repeating three times the same word? Mm-hmm. Sanskrit is called Nyakanaya Nyaya, which means the maxim of the hammer. Now, when you have to put a, 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 a picture and you have to first point the nail, right? mm-hmm. you don't just hit one time and put such a picture, minimum three times. <laughs> so the idea, the, the, the thing remains fixed. No? So if I say something to you three times, you will just, why he's repeating that? And you find this so many times in scripture. Many, many verses. Like. So, so Krishna is trying to give some like glimpse, some hint. He's speaking about the soul, so he's speaking to us. It's very um, flattering. You are wonderful. You are wonderful. You are wonderful. Of course, for us it's oh, sounds so nice, no? <laughs> Generally, nobody says to me that even once. <laughs> what to speak three times? And Krishna himself. <laughs> but actually, he's speaking about the soul and the potential of the soul, and the potential of the soul is in connection with God, with Krishna, with His source. So, bhakti. So, first thing is that, no, I mean, we can speak about spiritual body and just spiritual body and whatever, but first we have to understand all those realities will be properly revealed uh, as much as we apply ourselves in our bhakti, in our sadhana. Atasri Krishna Namadi Nababit Graham Indris, Bonge Jivada, Swayameva Spuratyada, Sayupa Goswami. Say so the, the name of Krishna, form, qualities, lila, attributes, and all connected to that, including your spiritual body. Nababit Braham Indriya, it cannot be grasped with these mundane senses. So, but, interestingly, when you engage those same senses in the context of bhakti, in the context of your sadhakadeha, of your sadhana, those same senses start to reveal all the things. But not the senses, actually, but the bhakti that is entering. Starting with your tongue. You start like to vibrate this type of magical sounds. <laughs> Krishna starts to dance in your tongue and he starts to reveal more and more. And eventually he will reveal your, your identity. I mean, we shouldn't be too anxious about what, which is my identity, which is my... I mean, that's... That will reveal itself eventually. Gorkishore Das Babaji say that. Someone asked him, Can you give me my can you reveal me my identity? He said, Your identity is contained in the syllabs of the Mahamantra. So if you didn't find it there yet, keep chanting <laughs> properly. <laughs> but all that information that is not only information <laughs> It's your own potential transformation more than information. Is there? So the point is this: we 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 can we, we shouldn't try to measure. Oh, but how it? I will have two identities. 
I will be living here and living there. You start to measure in a geographical sense, in two planets. I cannot just deal with my own identity now. How will I deal with two? <laughs> <laughs> um, how will be the, 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 I will move one. Pl- we start like to put it in three-dimensional way, and it's like headache. No, once one devotee asked Srila Prabhupada this, yes. But Srila Prabhupada, <laughs> it was very funny. One devotee came with the Bhagavatam and said, Prabhupada was studying the whole day of Krishna. No? So, like Astakali Lila, what is he doing at every moment of the day in each one of the parts of the Lila Madhyam, Lila Purvan, Lila Pradesh, Lila Sayan, Lila. And I was studying the different locations where he's performing the different Lilas. No? Nandagam, Varsana, Radha and really, and I know the distances between each place. I have been in Vrindavan, so I measured everything. And it's there is no possibility of Krishna being in time in these places because from here to here, such a no, he started like to no, big, no, <laughs> trying to smoke starts to appear from his. <laughs> no, so he asked Prabhupada, so how how this is possible? <laughs> So Prabhupada gave him a, like a transrational answer, no? <laughs> something that blew, went beyond his mind. He said, Vrindavan is, is like a lotus, no? this is, this is depicted as a lotus. So every lila stali, every place of pastime, is like one petal of the lotus. No? So he was showing that with his hands, like this. No? So this Vrindavan, each place of pastime is like a petal, so when Krishna wants to go from one place to the other, well, the lotus just closed, <laughs> and Krishna goes from one to the other, and it opens again. <laughs> so he gave an example that way far beyond, like, oh. <laughs> like trying to say to him, you are thinking too much. <laughs> we should think, we shouldn't be like brain-dead people, but we should be careful of just not overthinking the whole revelations because we will understand all the things by the grace of Guru Vaishnavas not just by intellectual capacity by Sukriti that will give us sensibility for these topics so (coughs) so basically that's what I could say regarding I could say some other things but I think that would be a good starting point Regarding that. And, and, and one more point is that generally what our acharyas recommend is that the entry point is always Gaur Lila. From Gaur Lila we finally arrive to Krishna Lila. And we are now in Gaur Lila, believe me or not. Because you may think, oh, Mahaprabhu left just 500 years ago, it was just close to that. Krishna was 5,000. <laughs> of course, you never know where you were at that time. I mean, but the point is, Gorlila is not over. What we are living now is an extension of the Sankirtan movement inaugurated by Mahaprabhu, continued by Parampara. So, I mean, strictly speaking, we are members of Gorlila. So we should feel very blessed. So when you properly apply yourself in, in the context of Gorlila by following Guru, Vaishnavs, singing, serving, naturally, that entrance into Gorlila eventually uh, sends you to the Krishna Lila department, if you will. No? But first we should establish ourselves in Gorlila. And it's very nice because I always say this, uh, sometimes when we look at Krishna Lila, no? at least apparently, it may seem a little bit like 
uh, you may feel, oh, they are all day enjoying there. Huh? They are just playing flute, singing, dancing, riding on boats, on swings, eating. Um, so you may just misunderstand the background of, the, of that place. You may not be fully able to catch the surrender, the saranagati, all the qualities that are there, but it, it may seem they're just enjoying. But when you go to Gorlila, oh, it's very clear when you look at the example of the Goswamis, it's very clear, I mean, how they are enjoying. They are enjoying <laughs> in a very particular way. <laughs> no? And they are giving us an example to follow. I mean, we cannot imitate the, the Brajavasis. No? Of course, we shouldn't imitate also the six Goswamis, but we should have their example as a uh, reference point to aspire to. No? Their sadhana, how their daily were chanting a fixed number and serving and glorifying and exhibiting all this humility and so many qualities. So, that's the entry point no? to Gorlila. Kirtaniya Sadahari. We want, to, we want to enter that land with Kirtaniya Sadahari. There is permanent, continuous Kirtan. But, to enter there, that's the entrance to Gorlila. You enter and there is a big like door that says what's going on inside. Says Kirtaniya Sadahari. Continual glorification of Hari. But also when you are about to enter there, <laughs> you find like one, how do you call that? Doormat. Mm. It's a Trinada Pisunichena. You know how it falls. Sunichena, Saishnuna, Amanina, Manadena. There are four, these are other four regulative principles. Very important. <laughs> the, the, the first four regulative principles are for us to become human, basically. Yeah. They are not strictly devotional activities. To be vegetarian, to not go to the casino, it's not strictly bhakti. But in, certain, in the context of bhakti, that, of course, is helpful. But when we go to the, this third verse of Sikshastakam, that's more connected to our identity as Vaishnavas. Humility, tolerance, give respect to others, not expecting respect for us. That's more. That applies a lot in our relationship with the Vaishnavas. The other four regulative principles have to do with the first one, with Papa, with Sin. These other four are more delicate because they are connected with the relation with Vaishnavas and the possibility of Aparad. So how to be protected from Aparad? Often, this third verse is there of just one total shelter for us. So, some ideas. <laughs> what else? Some other questions? Not necessarily connected to to the topic of today. Just when I really think about Kailash Thakur, I always also think about his kindness towards someone who met, who was sent to Kandam Harm or whatever, taken him away from his Christian consciousness. I don't remember her name. To what? I don't remember her name, the, the prostitute who was sent. 
Well, I don't think, I don't know if there was a name for her, but they say it was Maya Devi personified. So that's, that's a name. <laughs> I haven't heard too much about what, she, what happened to her afterwards. Oh, oh, that's a happy end to the movie. <laughs> Actually, as you may know, this, this lady was sent to him, trying to make him fall from his bows. <laughs> So he immediately realized, you know, when this lady came, actually to say this lady was Maya Devi, illusion personified. Uh, try to imagine, uh, illusion personified come with a specific uh, plan of making you fall. <laughs> Generally, we are ready to fall before she comes, <laughs> personally. So what to speak, if she goes with that idea in mind. So she appears... Um, Hari does chanting, of course, and she re- he immediately realized, no, she's coming with a particular purpose. So I will try to help her. So she she said, okay, I will, I will give, I will give, I will enjoy with you. <laughs> Hari does had another idea of enjoying. <laughs> After I finish my fixed number of rounds. That it was again, not 16, not 64, <laughs> three lakhs. <laughs> so he was singing, no, first day, chanting, and the lady was just like waiting, okay, finish. So the day was over, and Harja said, Sorry, I, I didn't finish yet, I have to continue chanting. Tomorrow, tomorrow we will enjoy. Okay, so she goes back to the next day, Harja still singing, everything. <laughs> and he said, I'm just finishing, almost. Little, bit, little few rounds, a little few two hundred rounds, and we are ready. <laughs> <laughs> so she's okay, waiting, waiting, and at some point she starts to invoke Namovas, oh, as you know, Namovasa, Stobo Hila, this different type of shadow of the name, repeating without being aware of what's. Oh, yeah, like, okay, finish, finish, come on. But she starts to sing it some way or another. So this Namovasa is very powerful, but you know, Tagur explains. You can gi- even give mukti. Imagine, no? you can give him, even give mukti. Of course, the idea when it says that is, what if you sing purely? No, it's not the idea, okay, l- I will sing just Namabas and go to Kunta or whatever. No, no, the idea is, <laughs> what if? So eventually, as you know, days passed and Harry was saying, just finishing, just finish, wait a little bit more. So he continued chanting and she was hearing Hari does chanting, so become purified, if you will, for, from that. And repeating more and more and more and more until it comes a moment when she realizes, oh my God, I mean, what was I what was about I was about to do? Uh, now I realize what's the real wealth, the real etc. So actually, what 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 is said is that Haridas Thakur mm, converted her by his purity, his chanting. And he initiated her, and he asked her to go and, and travel and initiate other people in the chanting. So she became a disciple of Haridas Thakur. It's interesting because the idea that the Acharya said is generally we are disciples of Maya. But in this case, Maya became disciple of Haridas. <laughs> so that's a goal, if you will. It's not that I want to make Maya my disciple, but the point is that naturally she <coughs> uh, like surrenders into the direction of, you know, of his master, you know, Krishna, 
bhakti and so on. So that's the, the idea of the, of the past time knowledge, that instead of becoming a disciple of Maya, Maya became his disciple, <laughs> just by the chanting. So, just by hearing the chanting of Haritas, that's a very powerful thing. No? So if you are get, if you are close to some advanced Vaishnav, with chanting, just, just make the arrangement to be near there, just to <laughs> receive, no? receive the, the, the purification from his chanting. So that's basically the idea, and, and yes, of course, this, this story speaks a lot about the, the mercy of Haridas Thakur towards everyone. Actually, they say that one of the main reasons for Mahaprabhu's descent, we know there's three main reasons, internal reasons, regarding Radharani's mood, but also there are some other called external reasons, which were mainly external, quote-unquote, because compared to the internal, <laughs> but one is connected to the other. The three internal reasons was Krishna wanted to taste Radharani's degree of love for him, the beauty that he was, she was perceiving in him, and the happiness she felt by contemplating that beauty. Krishna wanted like to... He realized, I mean, he realized something special must be in me, because she becomes like that while seeing me. <laughs> that was his conclusion. When she becomes mad after me, so something special must be in me, he says Krishna. But I have, in order to taste that, I have to become, I have to take another vantage point of view. In that sense, the Lila allows for that. So these are the three internal reasons. But the external reason is. Um, to preach bhakti, to distribute harinam to the world, and it's connected to, to his internal reason. Because Mahaprabhu is tasting something internally, and whatever he's tasting, it starts to overflow. And that becomes his, his preaching. That's important idea of what should be the preaching like. Preaching is not just, I will sit, I will learn some few words and verses and re- repeat, and I made my part. But it means, preaching ideally means you become so full inside yourself, no, of your own practice, that that starts to overflow you. So overflowing starts like to sprinkle others. That's preaching. <laughs> achar prachar. You heard this word, achar. Prachar means preaching. Achar means, let's say, personal behavior or practice. But inside the word prachar is achar. Actually, prachar is a combination of pra-achar. Pra comes from prakeshta, which means a very special type of pra-achar conduct. So a very special type of behavior, it means preaching. <laughs> and Mahaprabhu himself was a very example of that. He, how he converted the topmost learned scholar of all India, Sarvabhauma Bhattacharya. He just sat, sat in front of him in silence. That was his prachar. He didn't say a word. Just here for a week. But his achar, his what, whatever conduct was emanating from his pores, <laughs> was so powerful that the topmost 
logician of all India, after a week was totally like... After that, Mahaprabhu said some words here and there, like, checkmate, you say, in chess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Sarvabhoma was just singing ecstatically. <laughs> but mainly he converted Sarvabhoma by being in silence. He didn't need to say too much, that's the point. He was saying too much already with his very presence. <laughs> so, so that's powerful preaching. And of course, sometimes you have to say something. But it's not just, I will preach now, I open my mouth. The rest of the day, no, what's your behavior? No? From your mouth to inside, not the mouth outside also. <laughs> Saint Francis said say that very nicely. No? He said... You should always maintain yourself preaching the, um, the Bible, he will say. And whenever it's necessary, use words. <laughs> like always preaching means not necessarily with words. And sometimes you have to say something. <laughs> but the rest of the day should be a form of preaching. Your conduct, your behavior, the way you are assimilating the teaching. So... so why did I end it in this point? We were speaking about. Help me. Uh, <laughs> I guess because you, you were saying that Haidas Tiger was just affecting. Mm, mm, mm. Ah, I was speaking about the. I was speaking about the, the different reasons for Mahaprabhu's appearance. So the external reason was an outcome of his internal reason because he was tasting something so deep that eventually that overflowed and became his preaching. But also one reason for Mahaprabhu's descent, also apart from that, is Advaita Acharya's calling him. And also a second reason that is mentioned is the chanting of Haridas Thakur. Because Haridas was already here before, before Mahaprabhu appeared. So they say one of the reasons for Mahaprabhu's descent was the chanting of Haridas Thakur. That made Krishna, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, like, dragged no, him to appear by the force of the love of his devotees. And that's how Krishna appears in one hour life. He's dragged by the strength of bhakti. Whenever bhakti goes, Krishna has to go there. It's not that whenever Krishna goes, bhakti goes. Whenever bhakti goes, Krishna has to go. <laughs> and that's why it's the emphasis always is Guru Vaishnava above Krishna, in one sense. Because they represent bhakti. They represent love of Krishna. Our goal is not Krishna. Our love is Krishna Prem. No. Love of Krishna. So where is Krishna present? In that heart where there is love for Krishna. That's the topmost place of residence for him. You won't find Krishna more present in any other place than in the heart with love for Krishna. He says that. This is Tatra. How is this verse? Tatra Tistami Narada Gayanti he said, Oh Narada, I am not in Vaikuntha, Krishna said, I am not in the heart of the yogis. I mean, we know that he is in Vaikuntha in the form of Narayan. It's not that just now after this verse, Vaikuntha is empty. No. <laughs> and we know that in the heart of the yogis, Paramatma is there. That feature is there. But he says, I am not there. Hmm? As I am present, when two or three of my loving devotees start to chant about my glories, my name, there are the most. I, that's my main place of residence. Hmm? So, 
Yes, Haridas Thakur represents that. No? He has such love for... Remember, he was Brahma, no? having a second opportunity, and he made it very nicely this time. <laughs> he really got a PhD <laughs> and obtained his desired result. And, and he ex- exemplified this idea of extreme uh, surrender and love, and such that Mahaprabhu himself became so much like attracted. No? When Haridas left, Mahaprabhu started to lament, "Oh, Krishna is so cruel." He said he took Haridas and left me here. He was Krishna, but he was present in the world of a devotee. No? So, what can I do now without Haridas? My life has no meaning. In this way, Mahaprabhu was expressing himself. Such a but Salya, such a loving, tender care for his Buddha. Amacharya Silahari Dastakurki Okay. Something else before finishing? I was wondering when you were speaking about grace versus our own effort. Um, I've heard that devotees don't decide what service that they would like to do. Devotees are approached by other devotees who um, Krishna are guiding to give them service. Mm-hmm. If you know what I mean. So I think a lot. I probably overthink a lot about. Um, what service I should be doing and what service to say yes to, what service to say no to, if any. I don't know, maybe not. Um, but it also feels like it's not up to me to decide mm-hmm. how I should be doing this specific service. Uh-huh. I don't know. Could you say something you are not alone in that overwhelming. I think that many, many people have gone through that. Of course, that it doesn't need to be a, a negative crisis or whatever, but I, I understand the point that one needs to know how to deal with that. And it also will depend on, on, on how to say, no? on different stages, depending on which stage is each devotee. Because at, at one point, we may have this idea of, okay, I came from the material world with selfish desires, so I don't want to project any of that. So, you tell me what to do. You Gurudev, you Vaishnav, tell me what to do. I don't want to project my own. But also, okay, that's okay for some stage. (laughs) But at certain stage, also some particular type of taste and inclination will come as a byproduct of bhakti of the practice itself not by our conditioning (laughs) and that's important because gradually that will flourish and will eventually transform into our ultimate spiritual identity when we will have desires individual desires of course Krishna is in the center of that (laughs) but we have a particular taste for example when Krishna was in in this picnic with his friends that we were speaking before each one of his friends had a particular like taste for different foods. It's not like whatever Krishna you like, we will like the most. No, they themselves like, oh, I like this more. Oh no, I, th- I like this more. No. Sometimes, well, for example, famous Agasura Lila, no? Krishna said to his friends, "Do not enter there." 
Are they obey? Say no, let's go. <laughs> Say we want to enter. No, it's like a new cave. It's so exciting. Let's go inside. Anyhow, if some problem is there, Krishna will protect us. That's their psychology. So they didn't do what Krishna wanted. <laughs> so of course we are speaking in Lila and Golokrindavan, so we can return here <laughs> for a while. <laughs> but I'm saying this also because it's important to to gradually develop a, a particular type of taste. I mean, it's not wrong if you say, I don't know, Maharaj, I like, especially I like to do kirtan. Some other may say, oh, I especially like to go deep into Bhagavad. And I, it's not like, no, no, that's your selfish desire. You should really delete that and be blank page, willing to be filled with whatever comes to you. <laughs> Again, in certain cases, if there is too much selfishness there, <laughs> that can be good to just stop the I want, I want, I want, I want. But it's nice when sometimes some taste is coming. I mean, Srila Rupa Goswami says that you can attain perfection by any of the practices of bhakti. Pariksit Maharaj attained perfection only by hearing. Sukhata Goswami attained perfection only by speaking. And they have that nature, that inclination. So also it's nice, and also I will say also that even if, if in our condition and condition state, as he spoke before, we are sadakas, so there is a part of us that has been enlightened by the grace of Krishna, Guru, Vaishnava, and there is some other part which still is, let's say, about to be enlightened, <laughs> to be gentle. <laughs> so... Um, but maybe that part requires some attention also. No? I mean, we cannot just deny that part and because that may be too much for us. No? For example, Sila Rupa Goswami says in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, try to offer to Krishna whatever is favorite to Krishna. But, <laughs> he also is flexible. <laughs> he said, but if that's too much for you, at least try to offer Krishna what's favorite for you. <laughs> start somewhere again he's not saying that's the topmost thing but he's also Christian himself say that in Bhagavad Gita just think about me if you cannot do that try to follow the principle if you cannot do that try. but it doesn't mean okay I will take the lower no, option the lowest option no? but you try to to do as much as you can but you also have to be sincere and to recognize maybe I have this particular desire and I really cannot just press the button and say detached no? so maybe I need to go through that experience but also in the context of the spiritual practice I mean, someone may say oh Maharaj I would like to I don't know <laughs> to have some money some people really feel that necessity Okay, you can really. I mean, I, I, I mean, I've seen many devotees doing, having some strategies that no problem. That's Maya. Forget about that. But maybe the person cannot do that. Doesn't have the the insight to just transcend. No. It's like if you tell me, no, uh, you are wife, husband, right? And it's like if Nitaigorango comes before when you are just getting me, meeting between you, Maharaj. I'm getting to to meet Prem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I said, no, no, no. Transcend that. You have to be a monastic all your life. 
I mean, and, and I'm not saying that like monastic is better than grihastha because it's not. We are not after one thing or the other. We are, we are after Vaishnavism, humble, pronounced, But the point is, if his nature is in one direction, and I say something different, or in, the, in my case, someone said, Maharaj, you should get married. <laughs> That's not my nature. So that will be put me out of balance, no? So again, it's not bad to be married or to not be married. You are more in Maya if you are monastic or not a monastic. <laughs> it's just you have to know where to locate yourself in this horizontal development, as we were speaking today, so you can project to the vertical development. First, you have to be balanced in this world in so many instances. And that's not necessarily material things, no? because you can connect all that with your spiritual practice. If you need a house, most probably you need a place to live. We are not the six Goswamis who were sleeping every night under a different tree. I mean, that's too much for us. Even if I'm a sannyasi, I cannot sleep every night under a different tree. <laughs> so what does it mean? Oh, I have to leave my sannyasi? No, not necessarily, no. I mean, there are... But I have to, to know how to properly use this word dovetail. No? So whatever tendency is there, how to properly express in that direction. No? So I'm saying this because of this. No? Sometimes one may say, I would like to do that service. And maybe you may feel, oh, I'm not totally surrendered and I'm just projecting my desire. But maybe you need that. But you, you need on some level, not to and as an excuse to become whimsical and just I want to do what I like and nobody can tell me anything. No, I mean, one has to be sincere. But there is place for that also. I remember reading one nice book from Purnachandra Swami. Maybe you know that. Unspoken Obstacles in the Path of Bhakti. Mm-hmm. Recommended reading. So at one point he was mentioning this. That one, once he asked one Mataji, which service you would like to do? And she was like, he became, she became like, almost collapsed. Because she said, in 15 years, nobody asked me never, which would I like to do? But she had something she would like to do, <laughs> in a healthy way. It was not just like, selfishness or something like that. So we should be like, a little flexible in that sense. No? And trust the devotees. No? If they need something, they want to do something, there is a way of doing that in a healthy way. But also it's nice to have some disposition of doing something that may be required in the moment. No? That's nice also. So, yeah, different different cases. No? I, re- I remember one case, for example, when before Srila Prabhupada went to, came to Western countries, Srila Prabhupada Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur also uh, asked uh, God brother of Sila Prabhupada, Sila Goswami, to go to Western countries. And he said, he gave three reasons not to go. <laughs> so that may sound like, wow, he's a rebel. <laughs> but he was really thinking, it won't, it, you, that won't be the best for, I mean, whatever I can give, I don't think that will be the best. So he, he, has, he said, he, Guru, my English is not very good. I'm not so much of a like preaching conquering the world mood but more introspective and third he said I think Guru Maharaj you are about to leave this world and I would like to be close to you and to be able to extract whatever you may want to give 
and Prabhupada Kisidanta, with the first two reasons he was not convinced, with the third one he was convinced, because he knew he had the capacity of extracting something close to me. But even if he said these three things, at the end he said, but if you want me to go, I will go. <laughs> so he gave the, 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 the points in thinking, what's the best way I can serve you? Sometimes that can be. No? And you can say, oh, you are argu- arguing with your guru, but maybe you are just presenting the point, thinking, how can I serve him the best? <laughs> and sometimes the guru will say, yes, you are right, that's better. <laughs> so there are, as you see, different options, different possibilities. But I will say, one should like, establish oneself in, in that situation that one finds more, much more like favorable for one's present situation no? because if you are in a situation that is like neurosis or paranoia or like I don't know what to do what not to do so maybe to get more fixed in something and from that maybe that's not the topmost surrender stance but I mean that doesn't come from one day to the other so we, sh- we should find some healthy comfort healthy not this <laughs> excessive and from that just Growing, growing in our bhakti. No? So. It helps? Does it help? Okay. It's a general answer because I don't know your detailed situation. So. But each one will apply that to their own particular case. No? But the point is that we should practice in such a way that our process is sustainable all our life. No? It's not just that you are like a... Mm, uh, how do you say in English? Stresa fugas? Like a, the yeah, side, the yeah. Like a like shooting star. Because that those appear, shine, <coughs> and disappear. Mm-hmm. No? So I've seen many devotees like that, and good, nice devotees. No? But they just conceived the practice in a certain way that, oh, like surrender means this, and detachment means this, and some extreme thing that was not so sustainable. So for some years, ecstatic, everything is nice, <laughs> but eventually some. Things, desires appear, things, and they didn't know how to deal with that, and there was too much. So we should project our process in short term, middle term, long term, sustainability. Even more than this lifetime. Most probably we we'll may need some two, three lifetimes more to attain the goal. No problem. I mean, we are not in a rush. Our goal is not mukti. <laughs> it's bhakti. And we are already doing bhakti, so we are happy doing that. So we are not like, I want to go somewhere else. <laughs> you are already there. Just Krishna Prem is lacking, only that. <laughs> but with practice it will come. So that's very important. How to make my practice sustainable. And for that, sometimes we have to recognize a little bit our human sensibilities. <laughs> because sometimes in the name of being transcendental, we end up being inhuman. I saw it many times. And we speak about transcending this, transcending that. Actually, we are being evasive of, of things that we have to first solve in, on our human platform. So all this Barna Ashram consideration, we are not living in a Barna Ashram society in Vedic age, but the essence of the Barna Ashram system is there. No? Like you have a psychology, you have to engage according to your nature, to be balanced materially, emotionally, psychically. (laughs) And on that basis you can practice, because if you are totally like ups and downs in your psychology, I mean, how much you can embrace bhakti? (laughs) It will be 
So it's important to to pay attention to all the things and, and to understand this is not Maya or this is not something wrong. This is an investment so my practice is sustainable for my whole life. <laughs> it's a big project so we should be very careful how we are putting the foundations there. No? Because in one year, two years we can think, yes, I'm doing, I'm just whatever, but like if you marry someone and first day we are married, but the test comes with time, no? Tolerate and know the person and so many things you have to work with in a sustainable way. So. Something like that. Not easy. I never say the word easy. <laughs> but impossible also. That's not the word. <laughs> so, so if something is not easy, I mean, I, I would say that. No? Not easy not impossible so we have only the middle term that is difficult I mean difficult is not one extreme extreme is easy and impossible <laughs> middle term is difficult <laughs> no? so when something is difficult it's not too much that's just the middle term <laughs> so and we need difficulty difficult means challenging no challenges are there because if not it gets too boring everything you know? we sometimes are like just uh, complaining about some difficulties, but if difficulties are not coming, we we were the first one to complain. It's too boring. No. Everything is like I how I like. Now imagine if everything just happens as you like. That's <laughs> hell. For us, it may be heaven now, but if everything starts like to fit according to your sweet will, <laughs> after 10 minutes you are just desperate, screaming for some challenge, for something to take. <laughs> so we have to understand what does it mean. Maybe we won't pray like Queen Kunti, asking for more and more problems. <laughs> but we should learn that lesson. So she was praying for problems, actually she was praying for challenging moments. Tests. And tests are necessary to see where you are standing now. I mean, if there are no tests, you don't know who you are, actually. Or you, if you are with some person in a relationship, if you have no test in the relationship, you don't know who is the person. You will get to know when, how she, he reacts in the moment of the test, of the challenge. So that's necessary for those tests. We shouldn't be afraid. We should be praying for that. <laughs> Krishna, send me some tests. I want to know where I am. Because I don't have an idea where I am standing now. So test will just show me where I am. That's a revelation, basically. <laughs> After those revelations will come higher revelations at first. <laughs> where we are now. No? That's nice. <clears throat> okay. I think we are done. You, Scarlett, have some questions? You raise your hand. Well, I was just, uh, um, I just want to thank you that I was able to come here and thank you, David, for uh, thank you. letting me come. And, thank you. Um, I guess I mean, I'm a Christian, right? And, right. Um, a pastor, and uh, <laughs> so a lot of the, what you said I can definitely understand and relate to. Although I didn't understand some of the stories, but I picked up some of the things, the grace and yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. But one thing I wanted to just say is something that I wanted that when I was coming here, are you familiar with the scriptures and stories in them? Um, specifically, a story about when Mary was carrying Jesus, right? Mm -hmm. And Elizabeth is her cousin. <coughs> so Mary went to Elizabeth's house to mm -hmm. visit Mary. Mm -hmm. So they were both pregnant. They mm -hmm. were carrying Mary, Elizabeth 
the cousin is carrying John the Baptist. Okay. You know the story? And John the Baptist is the one who comes before Jesus, and John the Baptist prepares the way to tell people about Jesus. Hmm. So the thing is that they're both pregnant, and they don't know what's really going on, hmm. that they're carrying these divine... Mm-hmm. Okay? So Elizabeth comes to the door, and she meets Mary, she greets her cousin, and all of a sudden the baby John that she's carrying leaps in her womb. Hmm. And she goes, what? She realizes that Mary is carrying the blessed mm-hmm. Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. But they understand it. So she she does this beautiful thing about glorifying God. So I am imagining this and imagining the divine within us. And then I'm imagining coming here and meeting someone like you. <laughs> and I'm thinking, so if my ego is not so big, then the divine in me will see the divine in you and how beautiful. Mm. I think. Oh, please, I thank you. <laughs> Thanks for sharing. There is so much commonality. Yeah. And I have been able to experience it with David. It is, you know, that there is. Just, so it, it's, um, it's opening me up to a lot of, you know, questions and Great. exploring Great. beautiful things. So. Uh, for me, that's a very, like, enriching experience to, to exchange with people from different quote-unquote yeah. <laughs> background because that's also a nice nice test for my faith in the sense of hearing as you are hearing me and ideally your Christian faith is being nurtured by hearing my supposedly non-Christian discourse <laughs> like the same way like I'm, 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 I'm I feel my own faith enriched when I'm reading, I don't know, Thomas Merton or Imitation of Christ or whatever. Uh, I also receive lots of inspiration there. So that, that's for me, that's ideal of, of, of an interreligious exchange, if you will. I mean, each one will speak about the glories of their own uh, aspect of divinity, if you will, but that will nurture one's own. Huh? That's right. I will, I'm not trying to impose my, you're not trying to impose yours. So no, but to see the beauty, yeah. the love, to see the depth, yeah. this is oh, yeah, all. That's the yeah, underlying foundation, right. universally speaking. Exactly. And our tradition does very, very intensely. I, it makes it takes to my mind one briefly, brief chapter in the Brihad Bhagavatam, Brita of Sanatana Goswami. There appears two devotees, one called Gopakumar, other called Hanuman. So they are worshipping the same God, but different aspects of God. One called Krishna and Vrindavan, Gopakumar, other called Brahma. So Gopakumar meets Hanuman. So each one is worshipping a particular manifestation of God. So Gopakumar asks Hanuman, please speak about the glories of your Lord. And actually it's his Lord, but in the different emotional disposition. <laughs> He's not saying, hey, hear about my faith. He said, chant the glories of your Lord. So Hanuman starts to speak about Ramachandra, absorbs. And, and Gopakumar feels, oh, my faith in Krishna and Vrindavan is increasing. <laughs> in his own. No? He said, Jai Sri Krishna. And after that, Hanuman said, please, speak about the glories of your Lord. So Gopakumar starts to narrate the attributes of Krishna in Vrindavan and Hanuman says Jai Sri Ram <laughs> because both understand we are speaking about the same person from each one's corner of the heart so that's very nurturing and 
and well, that really is a nice uh, way of showing that our faith is being mature. Uh, it can cross this test of. You know, for, for once Thomas Merton was saying that in order to have interreligious dialogue, first you have to have intra-religious dialogue. So you have to dialogue with yourself, with your own faith, to see where is your faith before you go to another's faith and how you will deal with that. <laughs> so that requires maturity in your own faith to to take care of the other's faith, nurture that. So that's our. Yeah, or like ideally, that should be our gentle disposition. If I meet you, I want, I want. That's the etiquette, what we call Vaishnava etiquette. All of you are disciples of different no, Guru Devs, Dhanudan Maharaj, Ramapad Maharaj, Bhakti Tirtha Maharaj, Jananda Maharaj. Um, sorry, Niranjan Maharaj. Yeah, no, yes. So, it's not that, hey, hello, hear the glories of my Guru Maharaj. No, I won't say that. I will say, please, speak about the glories of your Guru Maharaj. And that will uh, inspire my faith in my Guru Maharaj. Because we, are, we understand the Guru principle, Guru Tattva, yeah, they are individuals, but those individuals are all of them representing the same agency. No? They are all serving the same ideal. They are not just making competition. No, he comes with me, he comes with that. I mean, that shouldn't be happening, ideally. No? <laughs> yeah. I, recently I was uh, revisiting an old book by Setsu for a jumper form notebook. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was a passage in it that kind of speaks to what he's saying. So he says, uh, It is an offense to the holy name when there is criticism between disciples of different gurus, whether disciples of Prabhupada toward other disciples or towards other gurus or between the gurus or between the disciples of the same guru they are all preaching they have all received bona fide initiation they are all following for myself I should worship my guru exclusively but respect all other bona fide devotees and spiritual masters in a humble way and try to improve my own Krishna consciousness in relation to my spiritual master and everyone should uphold the principles of initiation worship their spiritual master with the right understanding and the right siddhanta and not blaspheme any devotee of the Lord so that requires maturity but that's the idea no? I mean, we are here for transforming and, and changing the spiritual life is about change no? for me now it's a nice meeting because I mean, all of us are disciples of different gurus Different, different, no? different traditions. So, so, but we are not jumping to each other's neck, trying to <laughs> convert each other, but just hopefully nurturing our own faith in our particular direction and learning to to worship and to respect properly everyone's faith. So, thanks so much for the experience. It's whole epiphany. <laughs> so. Well, I think we are already on time, so I don't want to take more time. There will be some prasad, I think, lots of it. <laughs> so thanks so much. Shila Gurudev Patita Pavani Ki Zai, Shri Shri Gornitanamda Ki Zai, Shri Dhanamala Subhadre Ki Zai, Shri Harinam Sankirtan Ki Zai, Tirobab Mahosakti Shila Haridastaku Namacharya Ki Zai, Gorbhatta Vrinda Ki Zai, Gorbhramananda Hari 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 Hari